Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to uh, Vineyard Community Church. We're glad you're with us. We're working through a series we're calling One More. And uh, we're in our third week of this series. And this, this whole concept, this idea is about uh, our mission statement as a church. More than our mission statement, our mission and what it's all about. And um, trying to come up with something that we would all remember. For years, as I've told you if you've been listening, uh, I came up with a mission statement in the early 90s, uh, which is still valid, it still works, we just sort of changed the, the language a little bit, but back in the early 90s, our mission statement as a church was advancing the kingdom of God one person at a time. And we've, we've used that, we've worked on it, I've prayed it in almost every service I've done for 20-some years. And, uh, and yet, when I would ask people... If they could tell me what the mission of the church was, couldn't usually do it. And so I, in, in lots of prayer this, this, uh, early this year, I felt like we were to, um, keep the, the idea intact, but to change the way that we refer to it so that everybody could remember the mission and really begin to make it prominent so that you could, everybody would know what we're up to. And so, um, our new mission statement, which is our new mission, uh, is, one more. And that it's all about one more. Yeah, we even have a hand sign. Here we go. We have hand signs for a lot of things now to help us remember. We're about one more. One more what? One more lost child back to dead. One more to Jesus. One more in the kingdom. However you think that you can remember that. But ultimately, it's about one more. Now, the mission of the church is sort of the soul of the church. It's why we're here. And it, it helps us to evaluate what we're doing and what we're not doing. And that we feel very much that God has called us into this specific um, uh, endeavor of um, getting people to Him. Which means that, that there are things that we do as a group that maybe other groups might not do. And there's things that they might do that we don't do and it's all good. Because they have their mission and, and it's a little different than ours. And so rather than compete with other groups that have the same ultimate goal, we can bless them. And, and we do that. We bless all the churches that are preaching God's Word. We do it all the time. Whatever we can do to help them um, be successful in their mission is good with us because we're all serving the same God. But we have this mission, which is to get one more. And it ties in with the eight months of discussing we did on the Ministry of Encouragement. And that through those eight months, we boiled it down to two things that we're still trying to get everybody to accept and become a part of their lives. And I know it's tricky, because it is, because you can easily forget. Those two things are being thankful for five things every day. And we'll talk about that continually, because it's a way that we love God, gets our focus right, and encouraging two people. And it's a way that we love others. And we'll be talking more and more about the fact that, that in combination with our mission, that's really the focus, is loving God and loving others. And so we're thankful for five things every day, encouraging two people so we can get one more into the kingdom. <clears throat> now, we're using in this series, 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21 as the foundation, and uh, particularly, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, because it ties in with our neat little hand signs that we have, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and uh, 5, 21 is, uh, talks about uh, that he who, who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become his Righteousness, And that the verses before that, the Apostle Paul lays out 
the idea of being ambassadors for him and, and what it looks like to live for him. And so, so far in the, in the first couple of weeks, we've talked about some of these concepts. We've, we've talked about the radical message that we have. And when I use the term radical, it means not what people are expecting. And that our radical message is the good news. That the, it's a 2,000-year-old message. It's the same one that Jesus had. We have the same message today. And, and the message is that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And he was raised again on the third day. And lots of people saw that happen. That's the, the, the message. That's the heart of the message. That's what we have to get people to um, in order to come to know Christ. That they admit that they're sinners. And they figure that out. Then all of a sudden they realize they need a Savior. And there's Jesus who came and made a way for them. And in accepting that in faith, their relationship to God is restored. And one more is back to that. That's the process. And so we've talked about the radical message we have. We've talked about last week that, that we, we need to be a people with our mission of radical generosity. And that one of the ways that we do that is by doing outreach that makes people say what? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? What's this all about? That this is radical outreach, outreach that goes beyond what people expect. And we're doing that so that we can stop them enough, perhaps some of them, to think. Because we want them to think. Because some people have stopped thinking about God. They've stopped thinking about the church. And we want to stir that up to get them to think. And that ultimately we need to practice radical hospitality, which is where we, we try and help people be comfortable enough that they can hang around long enough to be impacted by the radical message of Jesus. And they won't even begin to listen to the radical message until they know that they're loved. And so this is all part of the process that we're called to. And we've put that in terms of being a force for him. We, 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 we're going to develop some of these things that are simple, trying to get people to remember. I read somewhere that would be really good, and this was after I started doing the one more, if you could describe your, your church in ten words or less. And so... One more is two. That pretty much gets it. We're a force, so that's a third word. And we'll work on that. And I've got a couple others. And we'll have it in about five, I think. So, but we'll develop that in the weeks. So, we're a force for him. And, and our force was an acronym for a frontline operation, reconciling, caring, and encouraging. And that the reconciling talks about this radical message of the good news. Caring is about radical hospitality. And encouraging, what we've been talking about for months, that's a, a way of expressing radical generosity. And so all this is in there. And I, I love the verses last week that said, you know, um, as we're doing these things, if we're out of our mind, because that's what people think, it is for his sake. But if we're in our right mind, it's for the people that we're ministering to. And so... Um, this, this outreach that makes people say what sometimes is, is kind of a funny thing. So today we did an outreach, um, and we did a free lunch outreach. And a free lunch outreach is, is I love, it's a great outreach, okay? Um, just because of the whole free lunch concept has always intrigued me. And I'd wanted to do this for years and could never figure out the way to get it done, and we finally have, I think, stumbled across the best way to do free lunches. So if you've, what we do is we, we put together a really nice lunch. Today we used uh, we did Nathan's hot dogs, which are Nathan's hot dogs are the best. And uh, they were well prepared, and we put them into go boxes with a nice bag of chips, granny somebody's chips, good chips, and then the proper condiments and everything, a very, very nice lunch, and a bottle of cold water. And um, we have these on to-go boxes, and on the top of the to-go box we put a sticker. And all the sticker says is it um, is, uh, wow, a free lunch. What else might be true? 
And then it has a website that we developed, www.afreelunch.org. And we keep this thing very simple. And we, we get out there at TIB when this traffic comes out of the flea market, and we hand them these free lunches as they're coming by in cars. Let me tell you that, that it's a blast. Now, it's a little different. When we do the dollar car wash, see, those people have pulled in, so they're, they're, they, and they think they're about to give us money, because all of them have money in their hands, and we give them the dollar, that freaks them out. But a free lunch, see, and we put a sign up that says, free lunch, no kidding. People don't believe it. See, because they're convinced there's no such thing as a free lunch. They are absolutely, 100% bought into the fact that there is no such thing as a free lunch. Which is why I love doing it. Because there is. And here it is, right here in my hand. And some of you guys were out there with me. Some people are very excited when you give them a free lunch. It's not an issue. Some people want to donate, which we don't take. But one of the things that shocks me is how many people won't even roll down their window or look at us. They try and pretend like we're not there. Seriously, we'll be standing there with a lunch. The window won't come down and they look over there. And it's the weirdest thing. Or they crack it this much. Like this much. Like we're going to jump into that car. You know what I mean? In the crowded sidewalk and do something to endanger them. This much they give us. We have free lunches today. Don't want it. Okay, how about a nice bottle of cold water? No. <laughs> well, Okay. Really good lunch. Sometimes I, sometimes I can talk people into it if I get, if I have a minute or two. Seriously, it's a really nice lunch. Absolutely free. No gimmicks. No questions. Don't want any money. It's just a free lunch. They get, and they're all, why are you doing it? <laughs> well, you know, we want to encourage people. Ha! Huh. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. People don't get it. It makes them wonder. It, it, and some people don't let us, and that's a, some people are just that shut down. They won't get us. Some people will think we're crazy. That's okay. But every now and again, in giving away 200 lunches today, we blessed quite a few people. Some people were extraordinarily happy to get a free lunch and a bottle of water. And it was a good thing. That's why we do it. You don't know where it will go from there. All, all our part is to do some of these things that encourage people. God takes it from there. I, I'm, I, I've told you from the beginning that if we'll... Do these things, these simple things, being thankful every day, five things, and encouraging two people every day. That God will take those things in the same way that he took the loaves and the fish, five loaves and two fish, and did a miracle. He'll do that with our simple acts of encouragement. He'll take them and use them miraculously. And, and so that's what he's working on, and that's what we're doing. So today, um, that was all preamble, took most of the sermon. We're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to move on to verses 16 and 17 and talk a little bit about um, what we're to be doing in this process. What, how does this mission and accepting this mission impact us? What, is, what does it look like to us? What's our part? 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17 says this. So from now on, <clears throat> we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so I want to just unpack those verses here for a minute and, and talk about three things. Uh, well, not in a minute, ten minutes. Um, the first thing, and we've touched on this a lot, and we've touched on it over the last eight or nine months a lot. And we need to keep touching on it because it's an integral part of our mission. And, and the first note there is, is how we see people is critical to our mission. How we see people 
is critical to the fulfillment of our mission. 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. And I want to bring up a term to you that I've introduced. You're going to know it as I start talking about it, but it's that critical that it, it has to be something that we grab a hold of. And the concept that we've been talking about for months is seeing the beauty of potential in people. That that's how we have to relate to them. We have to see the beauty of their potential. The beauty of their potential in God. The beauty of who they can be. And we have to treat them like that now. See, that's, that's how that thing impacts us. We, we have to love them. We have to respect them. Um, we, we, we have to accept them. And yet, I think the church has held off and hasn't been doing this very well, um, you know, the, the church, um, because the, the concern is that when you accept someone, if you accept someone, that means that you're saying that all the mess that they're into is okay, and that's, that's where you need to understand that's not what you're saying. That you can love someone without licensing their sin. And, and that for proof, just look at the way Jesus dealt with people. He loved them. And, and he loved the, the sinners, and he loved the worst of the sinners, the tax collectors. And he loved them, and, and in response to being loved, they changed. They came to him and started to change. But it wasn't in response to being judged. It was in response to being loved by Jesus. And so we need to be where Jesus' hands, his feet, where his presence, where his body. We need to be people that are loving the world around us. And then allowing then the Spirit of God to move on them to be the change agent instead of trying to point out all their mess and hoping that somehow that will move them into change. Because it doesn't. The problem is it doesn't work. And we've lost our voice. The church has lost her voice in the culture. Because they just think we're irrelevant because we're judgmentally critical and we've lost our voice. Church used to have a huge voice in the culture and it doesn't now. It just doesn't. We've been secularized. We've been minimized. We've been pushed away. We're, we're, they barely tolerate us now on Sundays. Barely. Where there's, there's been time when the church had a voice, but it, they, we lost it when we stopped loving people well. We can get it back. Just like, just like a little case of tonsillitis or laryngitis or something. We can get it back, but but we're not going to shout it back. If you lose your voice, you don't shout. You don't get louder. You know, you kind of have to stop and think about what's going on. And then you, the way we get our voice back is by becoming a love place. People were placed. People were loved, accepted, nurtured, cherished, so that they respond and desire then to change for Him. And so we have to ask and continue to ask that God helps us to see people the way that He does. If we can't then, then we, we won't be able to care for them the way that God wants us to, <clears throat> to bring them in to him. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is in these verses, it talks about being a new creation in Christ. And that's a great, great thing. Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that, that's a great verse. But I think it, if we don't think about it, it gets us in, in a little bit of trouble. See, if you've come to Christ, um, you're a new creation because of Him. If you're in Christ, 
You're a new creation. And, and what that means is God now sees you in Christ. This is cool. That's the best news ever. Is that when God looks at you, He sees you in Christ. He's not looking at the big dealy mess. But if we're honest with ourselves, we, we will say that, yeah, I know in Christ I'm a new creation, but there's still some mess in my life that, that's in process. And see, we have to realize that while in Christ we're new creations, we're still in process until Christ comes back for us. And that process, the churchy word for that process is called sanctification. And sanctification is a process. And that's the process we're in, um, that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. We're yielding to Him, and He's working this out in us. Now, um, see, and if we can't get a hold of that, we won't look at people and see the beauty of their potential. Because once we begin to understand, well, you know, I, I'm in Christ, and so I'm set with Him, and I have relationship with Him now and forever, and that's all good. But He's still at work in me, because I have not uh, perfected yet. I haven't met anybody that's perfect. Everybody that I know is a sinner in different degrees, but I told you there's no sin scale, so it doesn't really make any difference. We're sinners. That's the deal. Hopefully we're working on it, but that's the process. And if you can relate to the fact that you ain't perfect, then you can relate to people that ain't perfect, to use a word twice that I shouldn't have used, in a different way. Listen to this. I, I, was, I woke up in the night with this verse in my mind. Matthew 7, 3 and 5. So it's not in your notes. I just added it to mine this morning. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You're hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I think Jesus is, is, is saying that as you begin to understand, you still got a mess in your life. When you're working on your mess, it's very hard to be judgmental about other people's mess. You just can't. Because you've got this whole thing that you're working on. So, but you can respond to them in love. And you can, you can help them. It says there, you know, you can see clearly. At that point, when you realize this whole thing, you can begin to help them. Well, this is, this is the way that you can find some help in the Lord. And so we have to realize that we're on this journey with God, where by His Spirit, He is working in us and on us to change us, but it's a process. It's, it's not a one-time event. I wish that it were. My salvation was. When I gave my life to Jesus, I'm saved. I know it. It's all good. But the rest of this stuff's in process. Because if it wasn't, I wouldn't have the struggles that I have. And yet, there they are. So it's a process that we work through. We give language to that here with this statement. Trying to live by doing the next right thing. Um, that's in your notes. We're trying to live by doing the next right thing. That's, that's, that's language I think we can relate to in this process of sanctification, which is a work of the Spirit, and yet we're to cooperate by yielding to Him. And that the way that we do that is going throughout every day by trying to do the next right thing. And, and I hope we get good long runs at it. But in my own life, I'll do it, I'll do the next right thing, I'll do the next right thing, and then I won't. And I'll do a selfish thing, I'll do a me thing, I'll do a wrong thing, and there you have it. And where do you go with that? Well, the hope is that what you do is, when you realize it, that you go running back to God. Papa, I'm sorry. I messed up. I did not do the right thing. I, I, I confess that 
what I did was not right. And that idea of confession means more than you're just copping to it. It means that you're starting to agree with the fact that he was right and you were wrong, which is a big part of this. And you know what God says? Yeah, you were wrong. I forgive you. I love you. Now go and do the next right thing. And that, that if your concept of God isn't that sort of concept, you need to adjust it. Again, without it, we, we can't get out there and do this mission. If we don't see God as a loving God who, who wants to love his children into relationship with him in order that they might experience life. And, and again, it's not a pass to do the things that you shouldn't do. It's an understanding that it's a, a work by his spirit and that he wants to do a complete work from the inside out. And too often we, we try and settle for some sort of exterior whitewash that doesn't work and never has. But all of this takes, and this is the third point and last point, I'm sure some of you are happy about that. All of this takes grace, grace, and more grace. We'll never be successful in our mission without being people who understand grace, who, who receive grace, and who apply it in, in, in the world to everybody else. We have to be a people of grace. See, it's, it's in the fullness of His grace that we experience life. John 1, 14 through 17. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning Him. He cries out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because He was before me. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It is by grace that we receive life from Him. It's by grace that we have relationship with Him. It's not by anything that we've done. We haven't earned it. We haven't performed for it. It doesn't work that way. It's all by grace. Galatians 2.21. Paul says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Paul's saying there, listen, if we could work this thing out and be good enough to merit this, then what Jesus did at the cross was, was pointless. But Paul says, I can't do that because I know how important grace is. And I need it. And you need it. And we need it every day. This whole grace thing is a gift. It's the gift of God. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead. In transgressions, it is by grace you've been saved. And God raises up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace, expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is a grace thing. This is, this is a grace walk. This is a, a grace life. And, and when you're trying to grab people who are lost and bring them across the line into Christ, it's, it's got to be filled with grace. Or you won't get them. It's, it's a grace-filled mission. And, and because of the, the grace that we've received, as we realize the grace we've received, we're to be a people of grace. Uh, not a people of criticalness or hypocrisy, but uh, a grace-filled people carrying out this mission of one more. Grace-filled, graceful. That's a funny word, graceful. 
you know, makes you think of like ballerinas, which I'm certainly not one of. And yet he calls us to be graceful, full of grace, full of grace for the world, that they might come to know the one and be one more. Grace, grace, grace. How you see them, how you understand what God's doing in you. And then how you receive that grace and extend it to others impacts the mission. And that's what he's called us to. So that we can get out there and change the world for him. Amen? Amen. If you're watching by video, thanks for watching. And uh, if you need anything, you can call us, write us, email us. We'll do whatever we can for you. But we're going to shut down with prayer here. So you can go ahead and shut the video off upstairs. And let's pray. Father, we are thankful for who you are, for your love for us, your goodness to us, your grace. 